over the course of this fall, I've noticed how much I have a, a growing fascination and love for the details and workings of our natural world. Watching the days grow shorter, which can usually be a little draining. Um, I think I'm not alone in that feeling. But still, loving that first light of the morning at whatever hour that first light appears. I've been considering, among other things, considering we're watching a lot of science fiction in my family, um, and I'm considering androids. And the impossible, it keeps dawning on me, is the impossibility of fully imitating the human body as a living, thinking being. All of the intricacies that make our chemical uh, and, and cellular and so on existence function just amazing on the minutest of scales. Just this morning, I was reminded that kittens snore. Kittens snore. That by itself is remarkable, isn't it? Isn't it? The story I heard yesterday about the amazingness of our world came from a, a TED Talk offered by Catherine Moore. Uh, she had had a run-in with a sea urchin while uh, diving, and most of the sea urchin spines had come out in the course of things, but there was one spot, there was one spot that was in her hand, this was in her hand, that was still stiff and sore, and when they took a look, they realized that she still had a piece of a sea urchin spine in her hand. That was still there. And so they set about, uh, it wasn't necessarily urgent, but they set about scheduling an appointment to get that removed. And she was all set for that appointment. But just before that appointment, uh, she had a fall and broke her pelvis. Well, that kind of put the sea urchin on the back burner, and she was out flat for about six weeks recovering from that injury. So when she was able to bear weight again, she went back to rescheduling that appointment to still take out that piece of the sea urchin spine. And lo and behold, when they went to go look for that piece and check and make sure that it would be there, uh, know to where, where to take it out, that little piece of spine was actually gone. Because when a body is healing from something as traumatic as a break, a broken bone, it draws calcium and resources from anywhere in the body it can find it. Even a little piece of sea urchin. And so now, now, she's not entirely fully human. She's got just a skosh, a soupçon of sea urchin as well. Isn't that something? And her family just loves her the same as well. Our world and our bodies are simply amazing. And always, always part of that amazingness is how they are always shifting, never static, never still. 
we recognize that we kind of encounter that a little bit in the gatherings such as we have at the holidays, right? Uh, connecting and reconnecting and meeting people, folks we've known for some time. We, there's, a, there's a certain degree of kind of measuring and assessing how we are doing, how they're doing, how children have grown. Uh, isn't it amazing how the, you know, the children get taller and the adults don't? We also check in about who has died and who isn't at the table for whatever reason. With these annual events, we are marking the time and the evolution and all the wonders that go on in each of us. Change happens. So I want to spend a moment in this transition between themes of courage and change that we've been working with for the past couple of months. And as we enter into a time of wonder, just pause for a moment and connect with where we are now in mind, body, and spirit. And I'll offer as I go um, a fair notice that each of us has our own body story. And that might mean that really fully thinking about the body isn't the right thing for us either. So if you need to do something differently than simply sit here, if you need to move, if you need to walk around the services in fellowship hall, by all means, do so. You know yourself best. Let me spend a moment um, talking about the, the needs kind of some of the forces that are working themselves in us at this time. And beginning with a little bit of the difference between stress and trauma. I think stress is something that can be, a, it's this kind of the squeeze and the, and the pressure of a particular moment. Um, making Thanksgiving happen, for example, if we were helping to do that. Or... Uh, accomplishing one's schoolwork before the end of the term, um, things along those lines. There's an urgency, there's something that needs to happen, and then it, once that's accomplished, that can be done, and you can move on. Kind of episodic, if you will. But then there's trauma, and this is a little different. One author puts it this way. Trauma is any situation that leaves you feeling overwhelmed and isolated, even if it doesn't involve physical harm. It's not the objective circumstances that determine whether something is traumatic, but your subjective emotional experience. The more frightened and helpless you feel, the more likely you are to be traumatized. And that could be any number of sources. There's things always happening around us. There's no one particular uh, event, kind of event, uh, that can be have that result of trauma. It could be the death of a loved one, sustained physical stress um, or emotional, mental stress, sustained existential stress can lead to this. Could be a serious operation. Uh, could be our context, such as poverty, or having minimal resources in our lives, or whether we feel personally safe. 
there's always moments that can lead to a traumatic result in us. And what can be reduced, the impact can be reduced if you have physical or emotional support. If even one or two people are around to offer care, then the resulting uh, emotional impact can be a little bit less. But I want to recognize that the collective stress in our world is still so powerful and all around us. We have a sustained kind of traumatic experience. Um, The increasing impact of the climate crisis, for example, to name one of the largest scale sources in our lives. For some of us, in this past couple of months in particular, the election was looming large in part because there was fear of possible loss of institutions upon which we have been relying. Uh, The elections themselves, how was that going to go? There were officials looking out for community interests and the question of whether those officials would be able to accomplish the task or whether the elected officials that would show up would be careful about our lives and our institutions. For some of us looking into the election, for example, there was a very real threat to the body and continued losses of personal rights and other losses that were related to what we've experienced, some of us have experienced for other losses in the past, both personal and community. And then, of course, there's, of course, still this phase three of the pandemic, the rise of the infections that are coming this winter as we go, being in, go to being inside more often. And for many of us, the experience of being around people is, well, still mixed. We are still agnostic, let's put it this way, about having faith in being around people, some of us. So no wonder, no wonder in this moment we've had a time, a window of a lot going on that that doesn't just show up in our emotional states and uh, what we choose to do or not to, but also shows up in our bodies and how we are feeling about ourselves. So I wanted to offer a moment of recognition And then how to shift into a new direction. How to keep moving forward. So this service is meant to help us spend time with our bodies and ourselves. I so appreciate, I know one of the stresses that many of us are going through is seeing some of um, the impact of time and aging and illness on our loved ones. You know, Christine Walters uh, Paintner wrote about her illness feeling like a betrayal of the body, of the self, of a loved presence. You know, that betrayal of the body is real. Even if we know intellectually, yes, illness happens, yes, accidents happen. 
And yes, they might happen to people really close to us and to us ourselves. But, but then they actually happen. And it's like, how did this happen? And why? And wondering and raging against the, the harm that is being done and the pain and the loss of friendships and the loss of relationships and possibly the loss of home for needing to have a different place to live as a result and so many more uh, consequences that come when the body is not going to plan. I know part of what is going on is the accumulation of stresses and traumas upon us as well, kind of like an unfortunate layer cake. As we keep encountering elements in our lives, um, the trauma keeps being kind of this, the gift that keeps on giving. That something that has already set in place, already kind of set in us, mind or body or spirit, that hasn't been kind of addressed or resolved fully, still could be there. And it can show up when we least expect it. And part of the, um, part of the expression of trauma is that you could be, it could be triggered by something that might not be logically related to our past uh, hurt, but... But when it's triggered, it sends us right back as if that pain was fresh and new and day one. That's one of the notable hallmarks of whether something has been traumatic is that you relive it again and again and again. Let me pause for a moment and just do a little bit of a check of what has come up for you. Personal reflection here, just to yourselves. Are there names or faces? Are you actually feeling your body in this moment? I'm not asking for us to all bring everything up and address it now. That's not possible. That's not our task. But I want to give us permission. This really is about giving permission to grace your body with recognition. Attend to it fully later, but to give yourself the gift of attention. Maybe make a list mentally. What's showing up? What are you remembering? The names, the faces, the people, the experiences and put it into, um, imagine a box, put it in the box, place it on a shelf. It's still going to be there. You could go back to it later. It is so important that we give ourselves permission to recognize the wholeness and the fullness and all of our complexities. Because that's one of the best ways that we're going to be able to be present 
fully to our lives, to live out that growing in mind, body, and spirit, to adding to the wholeness and the healing of the world. We can't necessarily fix the world, but we can certainly attend to ourselves. And I know that each of us has been doing so for our entire lives in one way, shape, or form. We are well-educated about. We are the best experts about ourselves. You know, how do you let go of stress? How do you put a pause on trauma and anxiety? I know for me that I will walk. One of the best self-regulation tools I have is simply going for a walk. And thank goodness my spouse understands entirely when I say I am going out. But also the singing helps. The singing that encourages breathing and attention. When I breathe in, I breathe in peace when I breathe out. I breathe out love when I breathe in. I breathe in peace when I breathe out. I breathe out love. Or to be creative with that. For those of us who have had to care for very small people who cry a lot for no good reason, I tell you, we'd make up, it kept singing no matter what the crying was happening. A little ABBA, a little Beatles, whatever, whatever I could breathe and make sense, a little Peter Mayer. Oh, Beach Boys. Yes, Beach Boys was good, too. Yeah, those were mine. Those were mine. I so appreciate Hallie Alpert's, Halpert's piece. Loosen, loosen, baby. You don't have to carry the weight of the world in your muscles and bones. Let go, let go, let go. Loosen, loosen, baby. You don't have to carry the weight of the world in your muscles and bones. Let go, let go, let go. Holy breath and holy name, will you ease, will you ease this pain? Tools such as that, opportunities that we have in our lives, little pieces of something that make a little sense for the moment, helps with acknowledging the flow in our bodies and addressing that our bo- the fact that our bodies are along for an emotional ride and that we can do something about that. We can let ourselves be embodied. We can let ourselves 
be recognized and, and as a path towards integration of the mind and the body and the spirit. No matter how much of the world we experience and inflicts itself on us, there is also there is also the wonder of what we can do to take care of ourselves. I so appreciate um, the Peoria Drum Circle, for example, and Natasha Green and the folks who are part of that, because I think that drumming piece is fully recognizing all the body. The body is fully deployed and used and loosened and allowed to be along with the singing, along with the gathering, and so on. For all of us, whatever our degree of movement or the paths that our bodies take in our lives, we are worthy of being and of defining what that means. I so appreciate Sonia Renee Taylor and her work, The Body is Not an Apology, I spoke about her earlier this year. Uh, she, her movement started with a critical conversation with a friend who became pregnant because she didn't want to ask for what she needed and make more demands uh, when she already, when being intimate was already difficult because of a physical disability. She didn't want to ask for more of what she actually needed to feel safe and to take care of herself, and she didn't ask for birth control with her partner. And in that conversation, uh, Sonia's response to her was, your body is not an apology. Your body is not an apology. In short, our bodies are worthy of the time and the space they take up in any form, in any emotional state. Our bodies and ourselves are worthy. Amid all the ways of change, we remain glorious, even when our minds and hearts are broken, even when we don't know what to trust or have cycles of fear and pain within us. I offer a, a welcome and an invitation to integration because it's, it's a permission to exist and live and take up space and have needs. And it begins with small things, basics, actions, it is to be embodied, fully ourselves. I love where Barbara Brown Taylor goes with this. She's a theologian who writes from her Anglican faith, but she talks about how her spirituality is bound up in the bodily experiences of human life on earth. She says, in a world of too much information about almost everything, bodily practices provide such good relief. She said, to make bread or love, uh, to dig in the earth, to feed an animal, to cook for a stranger. These activities require no extensive commentary, no lucid theology. All they require, all they require is someone willing to bend and reach and chop and stir. And most of these tasks, she says, are so full of pleasure, there is no need to complicate them by calling them holy because in a world where faith is construed as a way of thinking, bodily practices remind us that the willing is the faith in a way is a willingness is a faith in a way of life. 
is simply being embodied and acting and making one small move towards more integration in our lives. And so we come back round to the wonder that I started with, the amazement of all that is around us, the complexity of our world, and being and noticing and being in that flow. The Indian poet Rabindranath Tagore captures this in his section from his poem, Gitanjali. The same stream of life that runs through my veins night and day runs through the world and dances in rhythmic measures. It is the same life that shoots in joy through the dust of the earth in numberless blades of grass and breaks into tumultuous waves of leaves and flowers. It is the same life that is rocked in the ocean cradle of birth and death and ebb and flow. He says, I feel my limbs are made glorious by the touch of this world of life and my pride is from the life throb of ages dancing in my blood in this moment dancing in my blood in this moment. So let us go forth. Let us go forth from this time, having recognized what is within us and around us, what is the ongoing stresses and traumas in our lives, and that we are also part of that much larger flow of the miraculous existence of life in all its complexities. Let us go forth more embodied, getting ready for wonder, getting ready to continue to learn and grow and become. Let us go forth. Amen.